What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will smart food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to the Falcoholic Lives Falcons vs. Bears Week 11 post-game show. I am your host, Kevin Knight at Falcoholic Kevin on the Twitters as long as it exists. Uh, also joined by my co-host, Alan Sterk. He is at Alan Sterk on these uh, aforementioned Twitters for as long as it exists. Uh, Alan, how are you doing today? Oh, man, you just got me. You just reminded me about Twitter <laughs> potentially not existing. Oh, man. Imagine just watching Falcon games and not being able to tweet. Like I don't oh, know what man. I do. Yeah, I need to share the pain with someone. That's the only thing that gets me through these days. So we might have to do like live watch parties, like make yeah. it somewhat enjoyable. Yeah, because, yeah. I would have to start because I know fans have asked about potentially doing play by play during the games, and like if Twitter went away, then I would definitely do it because I don't know that I could yeah. like force myself to watch the game otherwise. Uh, so on some of these weeks, some some weeks it's actually fun. Like this week, I think after the first half was pretty pretty good. Uh, there were definitely some some moments in the first half as well, but uh, an overall good game for the Falcons uh, with some surprising turns of events, uh, including Cordero Patterson, of course, getting his NFL record ninth kickoff return touchdown. En route to a 27-24 Falcons victory. That was a key play in the game. Sort of what started to turn things around after the Falcons fell behind. 17-7 to uh, in the second quarter. Patterson's kickoff return touchdown gave this team life. And they were able to tie it up going into the half. And the Falcons never looked back from that point. The Bears did manage to rally and tie it up in the fourth quarter. But the Falcons put on a very strong closing drive. Um... Uh, to give the Bears less than two minutes to go. Youngway Kuhn nailed a 53-yard field goal to give the Falcons a 27-24 lead, which, yes, if you listen to the game preview show, you know that is the exact score that I predicted. So there we go. Nostradamus over here. Um, oh, yeah. I don't think I've nailed any other score predictions this year, but I'm going to hold on to this one for a long time for sure. As um, you should. Yes, you got to so these are very hard to do, okay? Like it's it is, it's completely a random guess, but you know, at least you know, we like to pretend that we are just experts, but yeah, I mean, I I think it was a logical score prediction, so clearly it was. Uh but the Falcons do get the dub. They sack Justin Fields what four times, five times, uh one of the best pass rush performances of the season, 
and they get that dub to get to five and six. So, Alan, where do you where do you want to start? We got a lot to cover. I know we like to criticize teams for playing not to lose, but this was the game where it was beneficial to play not to lose. So I do yeah. think the Bears did things. I thought they called a pretty good game offensively, but the last drive, the last Lord, I yeah. just, it was clear Justin Fields was not hundred percent. You're running keepers with him. And the second down, he's running right into like the interior line. It was just baffling. But you know, then there was also times where Fields just for whatever reason didn't want to identify screens. He just went the other way and ran to pressure. So I just thought the Bears kind of beat themselves. But you know, credit to Falcons, the defense stayed disciplined. You know, we'll go into this game. I did see like a history of Dean Pease for I don't know, whatever reason, he tends to do good against running quarterbacks. He has like a high success rate. And I do think, all right, I know the Bears kind of did some damage on the ground, but as a in the passing game-wise, other than a few slip-ups by Darren Hall, one he got away with, yeah. which could have been really bad. But besides that, I thought the secondary played well, and the Falcons just they played fundamental football. And outside of a few bad fumbles, you know, they played pretty much not to lose, and they were you know, the rightful team that won. I thought they deserved it uh, all in all phases of the game. Yes, we can say special teams because, boy, what a moment that was. Yeah. And, of course, Young Woku hitting the field goal. Yep, so yep. the Falcons did enough in all three phases. I know it sounds a bit generic to say, but you know, they were rightfully won the game. And that's what you have to do sometimes when you're in a funk and you're playing a team that's not very good. Well, yeah, and it's kind of crazy how, I mean, you, you definitely have to give them props for bouncing back. This team fumbled it away twice in the first half. Uh, and it was... We mentioned two very bad fumbles too. Yeah, look, Cordell yeah. Pastor, look, Avery Williams, he's had a great season. But yeah. man, ball protection just ah, Yeah, that it's gotta, was it's gotta be better. Yeah, that so it's like after that, it was just like, man, that that was tough to watch and, and you sort of I mean, I certainly felt like it this was gonna they were gonna, you know, piss this game away because it was seventeen seven at that point and it's like, man, they they can't hold on to the football. This is gonna get really dark. Uh to their credit, the Falcons did managed to to hold on to the football after that point they did enough on offense to get it done it certainly wasn't a tremendous day offensively in terms of production but 27 points seven of those coming from special teams that's that's good you know you take that um considering this team was scoring in the the teens the last several weeks uh you definitely take any points you can get and getting that special teams touchdown was big i think we we have to start with Cordero patterson here getting that ninth uh, kick, kickoff return touchdown to, to take the lead all time in the NFL. Just a, a really cool moment. Um, I love I love seeing that. I love that he was able to do that. Um, and it was interesting because I think overall on kickoff returns this year, he's been like sort of okay, but not great. I think Avery Williams, when he was kicking off, uh, when he was doing the returns in relief of Patterson was actually playing better. But yeah. then Patterson shows you that, of course, he's just so good at it. Like he 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 doesn't necessarily need a big crease or anything crazy to go right. He just hits that hole and he gets going and it's he's really hard to bring down and um just so happy for him. How did how did you feel uh seeing Cordell Patterson finally get the record? Oh man, just once he sees that crease, like you say, because Cordell Patterson always has, has that vision and it was so traditional of him like to do it over a hundred yards. Like we've seen in the past where it'd be on the Vikings or the Bears or the Raiders. I'm not sure if he did on the Patriots necessarily, but like over a hundred yards, like Cordell Patterson's thing. So like once he takes it out of the end zone, usually with returns, like don't take it out of the end zone. But Cordell Patterson's just like, all right, you, you clearly deserve the right because you know you could do pretty much anything with the ball in your hands once you find that crease. So oh uh, just a special moment. Brought back flashbacks to Devin Hester's return against David Bay, yes, I know that was a punt return. Yes, I know that was a blowout. 
probably one of the most hilarious Thursday night games, if you recall. But still, like, you don't get to see special teams touchdowns often, so you have to fully embrace them. And, man, just what a moment for a player that, you know, I call him the people's champ who doesn't love Cordell Patterson. And it's literally the only thing he hasn't done in Atlanta as a player. Like, he's literally done it all at this point. So for him to finally have that moment in a big spot where the team was stumbling a bit in a pretty much must-win scenario, it's it's completely turned the game around. And you know, that's what we know Cordell Patterson for because he last year pretty much won the Falcons a couple games. So, you know, I don't think he quite dominated like he did last year, but that for him to like truly make a difference, it's wonderful to see. And it is, I, I, don't, I think the Seattle game was the only other time this year I thought he really made a – uh, a massive difference in the game they won. So, you know, for him to get another one, there's both. You love to see it. Yeah, yeah, just great to see. Obviously, from a, the perspective of the record, and you know, he's punching his punching his ticket to a gold jacket with that return. You you, you love it for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just such a fun player. You could tell he's still sort of working his way back on the ground, um, and just just getting comfortable with it. But still effective. Ten carries for fifty two yards. Uh, out there. Big fourth down conversion. Yep, huge. Uh, after they just screwed him over with that. I hate that play so much, by the way. That third and one where the, the running back's like eight yards deep. And it's just like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Like, what? why? Like, why are we doing this? Like, you're just... You're just asking for trouble uh, when you when you play that, and it's it's just a bizarre play to me. They they seem to love to run it, so I guess whatever. But um, it didn't matter because Patterson got it on fourth and two, thankfully. But very frustrating uh, play. And then we also saw you know sticking with the run game, uh, Tyler Algier had a great game on the ground, just eight carries, but 55 yards for six and six point nine yards per tote. And then surprisingly, Marcus Mariota leading the way with 13 carries. For a pitiful 1.9 yards per attempt, uh, he did get the rushing touchdown, which was nice. But for whatever reason, he is not—he has ceased to be an effective runner. Uh, just, I think there were three or four times in this game where he had a clear lane to just go forward and fall forward for three or four yards, and he just went sideways and got nothing. And it, it was very frustrating to watch. Yeah. The Parker Hesse play in particular will be ingrained in my mind. I think in everyone's mind, just because he had at least 10 yards there. Parker Hesse did his job and it just keeps going laterally. There was one scramble, I think it was the second quarter, where if he went more up, like up, more just you know, vertical, like he could have got five, six guys, but he tries to go laterally, he tries to evade the contact. And Mario is just not that great of an athlete to do it. He can do it in some ones, but against a Defensive back more times than not, I'm going to bound defensive back to make the open field tackle. So it just plays that could have gone for four, five, eight to 10 yards. He makes the wrong decision, ends up just being one or two yards. So, yeah, outside the touchdown, I thought it was a really brutal day as a runner for Mariota. Not all that much better as a passer either. Yeah, I mean, I think he's been effective as a runner this year, certainly. Um, the Bears just covered it up really well, and I think Mariota passed up on some good plays. So we'll see if he can bounce back there. That that's something that he needs to be better at going forward. Certainly, as a passer, it, it was fine. I mean, overall, it. One the touchdown was nice. Yes, th- that's the thing with Mariota. There's there's a couple of passes every game where you're like, wow, that was a great throw, and he's certainly capable of those great throws. But the inconsistency is what's really the problem with Mariota. And there were just a lot of off-target passes, poor accuracy. Um, you know, some some things weren't necessarily his fault, but I think the pass protection actually held up well today, and he was still uh, still pretty mediocre as a passer, I would say, in this one. He had some flash plays, and he had some bad ones, but this was certainly not one of his 
poor games as yeah. a passer. I think it was fine. Um, I, I got a quick question for you. Do you think, because you saw at the end of the second quarter, you think going more up-tempo would be beneficial for him? Because like, he did look more comfortable than I've seen him in weeks going up-tempo. Like, I thought he orchestrated a pretty good drive at the end of that to get the field goal. Yeah, I I think I like, I mean, I, I like it in the up-tempo. I think he functions better there. I think that it's just... Uh, I think overall, like I, I, he actually does play well. I think when it's when it's quicker, like I, mm-hmm. I and you, you, I think you see that in his play under in chaotic situations where there's poor snaps or where there's guys in his face. I think a lot of times he does a really good job navigating that pressure and and moving around. I think it's just from the pocket, it's not good for him. Like he's just not a pocket passer. He's not comfortable there at all. The Falcons, I think, to their credit, have done a good job of getting him on the move for a lot of these throws, and I think he's been a lot better there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the Falcons need him to be a more effective runner, and we need the accuracy to be more consistent. But I mean, I think as long as he continues to, if he plays at this level, which is solid as a passer, and then improves the rushing numbers, it's it's this team is is mostly fine on offense. It's just. When they go up against good defenses, the pa- like the passing game has to be better because the Falcons can't find as much success on the ground. And I think that's where you're going to have issues with Mariota. That's what we saw against the Panthers. You know, when the Panthers were plugging up the run, the passing game couldn't do a damn thing. So um, I think that, you know, this was, this is sort of what you're hoping for from Mariota is about this level of play. Um, and I think... I think he's fine when he can play like this, but we've, we've seen, you know, before this, we saw two games where it wasn't fine. So it's very inconsistent, but look, I mean, the Falcons have to find ways to win. And right now they're able to do it about half the time with Mariota, you know, maybe they've got two more games here that they really have to win to stay in it. And if Mariota leads them to victories, then he'll stay on the field. And if he does not, then he'll be, he'll probably be benched at some point. So Two things I want to say in Mario's defense. One, it was very unfortunate Kyle Pitts got injured because I thought they were mm-hmm. in sync on a couple of those plays and that Kyle Pitts should have had a bigger game if he didn't get injured. But it was just it was just good to see them in rhythm because, oh, man, the last two games, particularly the Carolina game, was just ugly. So the fact that they seemed to be, you know, at a solid rapport was uh, encouraging to see. And, oh, man, and I've been calling all year for him to get more targets. Ah, big moment. Lamade Zacchaeus just – I don't know why he did not turn his head around because that was actually yeah. a really good throw by Mario. That was. That was a good throw, yeah. So and, I think yeah. I think if, if Zacchaeus turns his head around makes that play, the stat sheet looks a lot better. It does. It does. And, and like, I think the stats with Mariota rarely tell the story. Um, I think for the most part he's played efficiently, and, and I think for the most part it's not – bad on a down-to-down basis but the problem with Mario is always the consistency and it's like you look at the last two games everyone was calling for Mariota's head because the passing game was so poor this game it's back to being efficient but low volume and that's the way that they need to things to go to win games and um it's just a frustrating experience for us to be like every week now the passing game is either good or bad and um I, I mean I think Mario certainly did enough here to to hold on to his job going going forward probably through the bye but I I mean they just can't afford to lose any more games um before the bye like they have to probably go into the bye with a winning record we've said this a lot of times and they've got a tough game coming up uh next week against the commanders who have certainly resurgent commanders yeah yes they they look a lot better than they did early in the season um so you know it's that's not a pushover game and the Falcons have to find a way to win that one 
and the Falcons have a lot of horrors from playing Taylor Heineke last year. Like to me, if there's ever I could think of a Taylor Heineke game, that game last year against the Falcons was like a, your classic Tyler Heineke game. Or yeah. Taylor Heineke, excuse me, I don't know why I'm calling it Tyler. Mm-hmm. Apologies. But uh yeah, no, that was like one like you want to think of like all-time Falcon collapses, that's one of the ones that just come to my mind just because Oh man, they played pretty much. I know I've been talking about playing not to lose, but that game that was not a game to yeah. play not to lose, and they played not to lose. And oh man, it came back on. That was like Pete Cordell Patterson, I from what I recall. Yeah, yeah, it was. That was a really frustrating one. So hopefully that uh, mm-hmm. that does not happen because I I think that look, I mean the Commanders beat the Eagles in a in an impressive, very impressive game. The Eagles obviously uh, look to be struggling now, which is pretty crazy. Um, you know they uh, they did manage to barely hold on to beat the Colts today, uh, so you know good for them. But uh, they definitely got their 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 asses kicked by the Commanders, um, so that's interesting. But yeah, I mean the Commanders they beat the Texans today, so let's not you know we're not necessarily crowning them as like this really great team, but mm-hmm. they are six and five and certainly not a pushover. So that's yeah. going to be definitely some a game that the Falcons need to to find a way to win if they want to keep this going. Uh, I got an offensive yeah. line question for you. Uh, how do you feel about Chuma Doga, his performance? I thought he struggled early on, but it seemed he played better in the second half. Yeah, I didn't notice him too much after the first half, um, so that's probably a good thing. Uh, I I didn't I didn't like what I saw at all in the first half, but um, yeah. when I don't notice you while watching the game, that's probably a good sign for the offensive line. So I think that. Uh, I think that uh, he he was okay. Um, obviously, we're talking about like our third string off, like left guard at this point. So if you can get okay out of that player, that's probably pretty good. So <laughs> I mean, hey, Jalen Mayfield's off IR. He's, he's coming uh, I don't, back. I don't know if you know this. It, yep. There's very concerned. At one point, I was just like, man, Chuma Doe is playing like Jalen Mayfield's gonna probably get in there at some <laughs> yeah, point. I saw that. Too. I don't know why anyone wants to see that. So uh, I do think obviously you gotta watch the tape, but the Falcons had decent amount of success running to left in the second half. So I want, I like to think that he played a role in that, like the big Algier run to pretty much steal the game uh, that came from the left. And I think Paris had a couple of nice runs left. So hopefully you know, he played a role in that because yeah. uh, they need stability at left guard. It just, they uh, do. yeah. The, yeah. I mean, I think they finally got it with Wilkinson who I think yeah. had been playing like, Oh, this is a guy you probably extend like at this point. So is he back after the bye week or is he done for the I, year? They haven't said. I I think that it is. I mean, they 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 never say. But I I they didn't say it was season ending, Wilkinson. Right. So I, I assume and, that he will be back at some point. But I don't know when. And Hayward's gonna be back at some point. Yep. Yep. So. Um. They did. He had surgery, so that sounds like it might be longer term. But uh, um. So we'll see. I mean, I think if the Falcon the Falcons stay in it, they keep winning. You know, they go into the bye with that winning record they'll probably be looking to bring back Casey Hayward. If they fall out of contention, it's like, okay, just rest, you know, no right. problem. But um, we get to to Guy Fieri, a.k.a. Solaire, with the tip here. Uh, he says, do not be fooled. This isn't a playoff team. We don't belong in this fight. Where we do belong is in the draft takes race. Arthur Smith must do the right thing. Bench Mariota and go to Felipe Franks instead. That way we can oh, get the our, spiciest draft uh, take. No, this uh, is clearly man. a joke. It's clearly uh, a joke. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, no, look, we... man, for, for content purposes, we're going to milk this as much as possible. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, the Felipe yeah. Franks thing, I think he was he was definitely being facetious. Oh, but look, that would give us very spicy draft takes, certainly. But um, yeah, it, Mariota, ha- 
he did what he needed to do today. He he had to lead this team to a victory and stabilize his his passing, and he did. Um, so he he's got to keep doing that. Um, got to keep doing that. Uh, but he did a good job today. Props to him keeping this on schedule, uh, and keeping the Falcons in contention in this NFC South race. Where, I mean, it, just numerically speaking, they're in it. Um, they need the Bucks to probably start lose a game or two here or there. I mean, the Bucks don't necessarily have the easiest schedule going forward. Yeah. It's harder. I feel like than the Bucks Atlanta's. have played a lot of hard teams. Yeah, combined. so like, it just—I don't know what to expect from this Bucks team. You know, they—they've won two in a row, but it was against the Rams that they barely beat, and that Rams team is bad at this yeah. point, like really bad. Um, and then I think they, they still got to play the Bengals, correct? Yes. So they're gonna yeah. play the Browns after. They're gonna play the Browns next week. Then they're gonna play the Saints. Uh, and then they have to play the 49ers and the Bengals. So, okay, they got some contenders. Yeah. So they they do. Yeah. There's a couple tough games in there for them um, that they could certainly lose. But I think it, the Falcons have to be tied with the Bang, with the Buccaneers going into Week 17, mm-hmm. or there's no chance because almost certainly the Bucks will have a better divisional record. So the Falcons can't depend on just winning that last week to tie it um because i think the bucks are at two and one in the division or something like that um so at that point i mean they have lost the panthers funny enough i think you're right let's see yeah Yeah, bucks have bucks lost the panthers yeah so they're two and one they beat the saints they beat the falcons and they lost to the panthers so they still got they've got several division games left right they got to play the saints again they got to play the the panthers and then they got to play the falcons um the Falcons obviously control their destiny in that game, but the Bucks, you know, if they win one more game, then the Falcons can't necessarily depend on having a better divisional record than them. So, um, very dicey situation, uh, and the Fal- that means the Falcons, you know, have to have to pull it together and keep winning, keeping pace with the Bucks. But I think if the if the Bucks, you know, don't lose, obviously they just win outright. So. We'll, we'll see. But, yeah, I mean, the, the Falcons have to be really, really careful about not losing any games uh, going forward. Uh, let's get to the defense. So yeah. what was your overall thoughts on their performance? I mean, the tackling is still just really, uh, really difficult to watch. I, I to totally watch. agree with yeah. you, but this is a team that is known for breaking tackles. Like, man, yes. I think David Montgomery is one of the more underappreciated running backs. This guy is, is a yards after contact machine, and we know how slippery Fields is, so... I could see why in this matchup it would be hard, but you know there were moments like Rashawn Evans like went too high on the backup running back. It should be like a three yard gain instead went to like an eight yard gain. So it's fundamental things like that that are frustrating. I agree. Yeah, yeah, and it's tough to watch, but I think overall, you know, you look at the stats, and and I think the Falcons did a pretty good job. I mean, this is the NFL's number one rushing attack. The Falcons didn't allow that big i mean i think it was like 160 rushing yards which is low for the bears funny enough i think they had been over 225 rushing yards in like each in like three of the last four games or something like that so um so that was good uh i mean overall they held the bears to just 288 yards which is also good right um if not for those turnovers that the falcons gave the bears a short field twice you know this is probably a much more lopsided score but um you know i think the defense did a good job and and they got the the four sacks uh, that's, that's great. That's the, the tied their best output of the season. Um, you know, you love to see Arnold Ebbett, Katie, he was so close multiple times and Justin Fields, like you said, extremely difficult to bring down. This is not just a Falcons problem, but Ebbett, Katie was close to like three sacks only ended up getting the one. 
Um, the Falcons. I'd say same for Lorenzo Carter. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and Carter got his as well. Um, so definitely a better day by the pass rush. This is like maybe the worst pass protecting offensive line in football. Like I think the Bears have given up the most sacks of any team. So take that for what it is. But at least they could get sacks against the worst pass protecting line in football. So there's that. We're setting bars, folks. It's very yeah. It's very <laughs> low bar, but you know, and yeah. I think DPs deserves a lot of credit because I, I think two of the four sacks we saw Jarrett take up space to the uh, Lorenzo Carr twist behind him get a sack. Abiketti came on a delay. So, you know, I think there was some slick moves there by DPs to create uh, extra pressure to at least frustrate Fields because, you know, as a runner, Fields has success, but in the pocket, like he definitely got rattled at some points. And Michael Walker had a couple of bat downs. Great Jarrett did his thing. Dual Anderson, who, man, we got to talk about Dual Anderson. I thought yeah. this was his best game as a Falcon. But yeah. Did. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. I, I liked what we saw, and I think he had to play quite a bit more after Taquan Graham left with, with an injury, and he got carted off. That doesn't seem good at all, certainly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think Abdullah Anderson has, has been more than than earning his keep, and I you love to see a guy come in and, and play. He got the sack. He had three tackles as well as an assist. So, um, you know, it it's good. Like, He's not a traditional nose tackle, certainly. They don't really have one other than Timmy Horn, who I think has been not good. Um, but they, they're they playing Abdullah Anderson as the nose tackle, and he's making it work a lot of the time. And, um, you know, I like it. Uh, I, I think he's been more than you could have hoped for, and I think is somebody you could potentially rely on as a, a rotational guy going forward. I mean, he's, he's, doing, he's doing things out there, so good on him. Yeah, he used his hands real well. There was a couple of close-ups on what he on like just a couple of his run stops. I was just like, I thought this guy was just a plugger who just a body. No, man, he he knows how to use his hands. So major coach said he's definitely been one of the more refreshing players to watch his defense. Because I just thought he was a body. Like, okay, he'll play 15 snaps. But no, he's he's getting them real quality snaps. And this is what this coaching staff needs because they clearly just did not want to get a veteran inside. So it's like, all right, we're just gonna see what we can work with. And you know, major credit to him. I thought. Hey, Lorenzo Carter, great Jared, probably the best defensive lineman in the game. I thought, and Lorenzo Carter, he, he should have a lot more plays, but still, I just thought his athleticism made a big difference in, you know, giving Fields problems. Yeah, and I think the Falcons kept trying to, like, do, like, the right thing, like, technically and, like, break down for these tackles on Fields. And the, the broadcast pointed out a lot. It's like, no, with, like, a guy like Fields, you just have to go full blast and get hands on him. Even if you miss the tackle, like, you got to stop him in his tracks and slow him down. You yeah. can't let him make a move on you. And it's sometimes it's they Michael did Walker. that. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes they did, but a lot of times they didn't. And I think it's really hard to fight your training, right? You're trained to stop, break down, and go make a, a, a sound tackle there's just certain players like Justin Fields and some others. It's like, you can't break, you can't stop your feet. Like you have to just charge in there and get a hand on him or slow him down or stop him and, and let your backup get in there and make the play. But that was tough to watch. But I think overall, like, I mean, they gave up a lot of rushing yards, like on the ground, but when you consider the opponent, it's definitely a good, like to, to limit them to that is good. And, you know, just 288 total yards is great. Four sacks. Um, you know, you had the pick there uh, by Jalen Hawkins to end the game. Nice play. Um, they did what they needed to do. And I, I feel like the defense has been doing this for the past couple weeks that they were like, they certainly weren't like playing great football or good football or whatever, but they were like doing enough that it's like the offense should be able to win this game. 
Um, and I, I think that's a big change from last year in particular, where it was like for big swaths of the season, it was like, okay, this defense like is just this team can't win with this defense playing like this. And then this year, I, I think for the most part, maybe outside of the, the Bengals game. And even that, I think they probably played well enough for the, the offense to have a chance. If the offense could have come to life a little bit better, it's they've done enough to keep the team in contention. Um, so I think they deserve some props for that, but man, it's uh, you can tell the talent deficit out there. Like they're just having to make, they're just having to overcome it every single week, um, particularly on the defensive line. And I think they have like a, a group of guys that are like, you know, solid. Like, and I think that's a, a much a big improvement from last year, where it was like Dante Fowler, who we know is maybe just like slightly above average, and like nothing. And so now at least I think they have like, especially at edge, other than Ogundeji, who I think has been just super disappointing. Um, you got Carter and you got Ebikadi and you got Malone, who I think are all showing that these are like pieces that you can rely on going forward in the edge room. And that's like, they're still missing that blue chip edge rusher that they really need. And every, I mean, I would say like probably more than half the teams in the NFL are looking for that player still, but you're not as far as you were last year where it was like, we don't have anything here at all. We have to completely redo this whole run. And this year, I think it's like, you've seen enough from Ebikadi to think that this is a this is your number two edge rusher long term. Like this is a guy you can rely on. Um, you've got Lorenzo Carter, who I think is just a really good role player. Like I think he's a unique skill set, and he's certainly capable of generating some pressure. I think he's probably best as like a rotational guy and not your like every down starter. But like we saw it, like his coverage is pretty good, especially for an edge rusher. He's really athletic. He can he can match up on some of these quick footed quarterbacks, but. He's not like an elite pass rusher, but yeah. it, he does enough things well that it's like he's a good piece to have. I felt so bad for him on that big play to Montgomery. Like he did his job. Oh, yeah. Spot dropping. And then he has to go run like 20 yards downfield. And he had good coverage, but fields. Yeah, that was ooh, a great wow. pass. Just terrific. Terrific pass. throwing. Credit yeah. to Montgomery for the solid catch. Like uh, just one of those moments. But yeah, he's I think it just in these types of matchups, you really need his athleticism because like, especially against running quarterbacks because he could set the edge, but also he has the discipline where, and the athleticism where if they're going to run zone read, he could, he's not going to get caught out. Like he'll yeah. maintain his positioning and he could potentially not necessarily always get the stop, but at least to force the quarterback to go more laterally and hopefully get support. But, you know, I, I think these are the types of games you want him to shine and he definitely did it. And, you know, cruise to the safeties. Cause I think one of the biggest, you know, not to be down on the defense, but I thought, they wasted a couple opportunities against Carolina. Darren Hall dropped the interception in the end zone, which could have probably prevented at least three points. Richie Grant, 22-16, third down. He makes that play, puts the Falcons in position to score with two, less than two minutes left. So I think especially in these games where you're going against quarterbacks that aren't particularly accurate, you have to capitalize on those mistakes. And yeah. it was great today. They finally did it. And they also did against the Chargers on the Josh Palmer mistake. Yeah, yeah. So it's just those types of moments you hope they can do. Because, look, they're going to get opportunities against – Heineke and Pickett, so yep. they got. They just, have to capitalize, yeah. Exactly, because they're just not good enough to get consistent stops no. every drive. So yeah, these yeah. are the moments. <laughs> yeah, and and to their credit, I think in a lot of games they really have done a good job of that. 
against the Panthers, it was egregious. I think there was three drop picks against the Panthers, and it's like yeah. you just can't have that. Like you're not going to. I know get a Mother Nature chance. was bad, but yes, yes, but I mean that the balls hit him in the hands, so like <laughs> sure. it, you know, it's I don't blame Mother Nature for that. I blame you know that that's why they're okay. that's why they're playing defense. Let's be honest. So, um, what it, was the third one? You said it was the third one. I'm trying to remember against the I, Panthers. I I know there was like Darren Halls and Richie Grants, and there was one yeah. more. It might have been a linebacker that it was thrown into okay. their hands. I can't remember exactly. Yeah. By the way, I want to mention uh, Troy Anderson. Yeah. Showing some plays today. He's just so athletic. I feel like you just have to have that man out there. And it's like, look, like, it's not going to always be pretty. He's not always going to take the right angle. But, like, he doesn't even have to because he's so fast. Like, he's faster. He he was faster than Justin Fields. He's like, he ran him down. So, um, yeah, I went on passing downs because they just have him and Walker. Because obviously, they want Rashawn Evans or rushing downs, understandably so, because he is a thumper. But on passing downs, like, I know Rashawn Evans is that veteran presence that Dean Pease just completely trusts. But, now, there's limitations to this game, so I'm wondering if you can at least try out Walker and Anderson together. What would it lead to? Yeah, it's just you definitely think um like the 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 linebackers, like I think Rashawn Evans is like a perfectly good like rotational guy. Great. Um I sort of feel that way about Michael Walker too, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and I, it's he, just he like, just has not made taken the yeah. next step. So I, I think it's they're probably looking for another starter at linebacker. The good news is not that expensive to get a, a good veteran linebacker. You know, if, if you're looking for like a premium one, that's another story, but I don't think you need a premium one. I think you're just looking for a solid one. Um, it's also a position you can find good players in the draft, like on day two and day three, uh, pretty w- with regularity. So that's certainly um, someplace that all, you know, linebackers, like once again, going to be a position that we're looking at. Uh, Trenton Simpson, the Clemson linebacker, seems to be a popular pick for the Falcons. I, I would just be upset if they took a linebacker in the first round it's just like at a certain point you have to take freaking trench players in the first round like i don't like at a certain point you have to do it like i mean yeah. you, you can't just keep kicking it down the road so i say time you you don't want to base your draft pick on purely position so you just gotta assess what the talent's there i get what you'd be absolutely but yeah uh, i think the following are a position where i'm not saying they gotta go bpa but oof, defensively if you see a game changing talent that isn't a corner because I do. I don't think they should probably take a corner in the first round. But besides that, see, I would be more open to corner actually. Oh, like, okay, yeah. elaborate. How come? I I think actually I think Darren Hall playing better has maybe cooled it a little bit. But I think like Casey Hayward's probably here for one more year, and then he's going to be what like 34, 35. So he's he's going to not going to be playing much longer. Um, he's on a two-year deal, I believe. Yes, exactly. So AJ Terrell is good, but if. And it's, maybe this is another reason why it's not a first-round pick, but I do think, like, where they're probably picking in that 10 to 20 range, like, you could have your choice of, of a top corner. And I think we've seen corners lately come in and make a big impact. You know, you talk about Sauce Gardner and J.C. Horn for the Panthers. And I think the Falcons could benefit from, an, like, another really good corner on the outside. But it could also be a situation where, like, maybe you do that on day two because you have Hayward for another year. You could take a swing add a more raw player um i'm still upset about Tariq woolen like i can't i was believe, gonna mention him uh... i can't believe that <laughs> nobody took him and to, like they just let the seahawks walk into that like this man is like the most athletic corner we've ever seen and teams let him slide to day three i just don't get it like what like his tape wasn't even that bad i mean it's not like it was great tape but like it's not like this was a disastrous player so Man, just let the Seahawks And, and the Seahawks win. have been slumping in drafts the past few years. Yeah. I know they had their magical run from 2012 to 2014, but you look at the past few years, Seattle, oh, no, those draft classes have been rough. So, yeah. Hey, yeah. They, they they hit a home run this last one. Yeah, yeah. But uh, 
there's there's certainly some some guys out there in free agency you could consider like David Long from the Titans. I know has the connection. Um, he's going to be out there. Drew Tranquil of the Chargers. I, I can't I like see him Mike Vrabel letting him out the door. No, I don't. Think like so. I feel like David Long. Like you watch that Titans team, yeah. he's like the heart and soul of that team. He is. He is. Yeah. But uh, you know, Drew Tranquil, we just saw against the Chargers. Uh, he he kicked the Falcons' ass. So I would. Uh, that. that's not yeah. saying much, but uh, yeah. man, he's been Chargers good. He's been really good, Yeah. He, he has. You think so? He's the only Chargers linebacker that is play worth a damn. I think he's like he actually has like a really high PFF grade, but that whole okay. team. Okay, you know, of like playing yeah. worth a damn for the Chargers is that's a very low bar. That's true. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's actually good. He he is okay. actually good. So. All right, I got I got to watch um, more. Hey, I can watch him yeah. tonight because yeah, I don't know. Like you don't have to, but you know, we got a while for draft <laughs> takes now. This 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 win. You know, delayed the the mock draft by a week because I, I was going to oh, be wow. a mock draft this week. Otherwise, um, oh man, you were going to give a happy Thanksgiving meal to the, the people. I know, right? Team. So, I mean, we're still going to talk about draft stuff, but um, the mock draft doesn't. The next loss, we get a mock draft. Okay, guys. Um, oh that's, man, that's, yeah. You know, bye week's coming up. You know, you yep. have some time. So. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. If they don't, if they don't lose before the bye week, I'll definitely do it during the bye week. I'll probably do one during the bye week, no matter yeah. what, just because we need content. But oh. Yeah. <laughs> AJ Terrell didn't really get tested. I know he had the holding call, but I think that's just more of Justin Fields holding on to the ball. Yeah, for no, that was like, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, it's hard to really assess Terrell's performance just because he wasn't really targeted. Yeah, no, I mean, I didn't really see him much. I don't think he played all the snaps. If I, oh, well, interesting. Okay, I, I'm not entirely sure. Um, I would have to look at the snap counts, which I don't think yeah. we have yet, but. Yeah. Um, I you, I feel like he wasn't right, out though. there every play. Yeah, so because and this was a good team to like work him back slowly gets because they just exactly. don't throw the ball. But, exactly, because yeah. that touchdown where D. Alford just got caught out, really well run, rubber out concept. But like it was him, Darren Hall was in there, and I want to see if it was either Oliver or or maybe Terrell. But like D. Alford was on the field, and I don't think there were four corners out there. Maybe that was one of those plays where Terrell wasn't the field because Alford clearly got just. He just got caught out, which led to a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, this is a potentially big draft news here. Uh, Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker tore his ACL against South Carolina yesterday. So that uh, that's a huge thing for his because he's a you know senior and was going to potentially – he was flirting with the first round. He was. So uh, definitely a feel for him, and it's crushing. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, any more takeaways? I'm trying to see what else could we hit on. That uh, O line played well, I thought, which was encouraging. Yeah, the pass. I, the, I thought the they got whooped pro. against Carolina. Oh, I God, know yeah. we're trying not to talk about the Carolina game too much, but even Lindstrom, man, Derek Brown just he wrecked everyone. Uh, <laughs> so that's part of the reason I wanted them to trade for Derek Brown just to get him away, get him off the Panthers for the oh, other to, like just so you don't have to deal with that. him anymore. Yeah, but no, the Panthers wisely held on to him. Um, so, but uh, I, yeah, I, I know the Bears in the trenches it's they're very limited like this that's a rebuilding team in chicago but it's just good to see the falcons in the trenches actually impose their will and make things happen yeah i mean the the bears are a very bad pass rush no question about it they're as bad as the falcons maybe probably worse after this game actually. yeah i would say probably worse yeah um so that definitely is some not you know you probably don't want to put too much stock in the pass pro holding up in this one but it was good like they did a good job um and i i do think that uh the offensive line the run blocking was better still not great but but better um and they they have to find a way to get that run blocking back on track because they ain't winning shit without uh, the run blocking. i mean hit, yeah. hitting so um but yeah i mean i 
I think I think it was good. I think that was a positive. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think overall the offense was better in this one. Um, we talked about Mariota's game, and we talked about the 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 running backs and the offensive line, and it's just so the passing is so limited. It's like Drake London catches like one pass and it's the touchdown, and it's like man, there's just no passing attempts in this offense. It's just really guy has three targets. Yeah, like, um, and it's just like that's part of the reason I. Like we talk about Ritter and not necessarily because of Mariota every week. It's like there's no way this was the plan when they drafted Kyle Pitts and, and Drake London back to back is like, yeah, we're gonna throw less than twenty passes a game to our you know, we're gonna target our two hugest our two biggest investments, we're gonna like target two to three times a game. Like that is not the long term plan here, guys. So if you think that it is and you think that this is just an incompetent front office, like Watching the season this year, like, I don't blame you for thinking that, but it's not the plan. Like, this is a limited one season. We're going to try to win some games right now and, you know, all this stuff this season. This is not the plan. The plan is to get someone who could throw the football to, to distribute it to these guys. And I don't think this is ever going to be, like, a Kansas City-level passing volume attack. Like, I, I think they probably want the quarterback throwing, like— yeah. Like, right now, they're averaging less than 20 attempts. I think they want to be averaging closer to 30 in this yeah. offense. But, um... Something you know. more, more balanced. I think ultimately, yeah. Arthur Smith wants a balanced offense. Like, I think he's yeah. always yeah. preached by it. It's just, given the current state of the team, he can't really be balanced right now. So, yeah. yeah it, it's just more ways to see that. I, I think also the team, you just want to see them more do more damage with play action. Like, one of the best things watching those Tennessee teams is, of course, look, we love Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown, but I just remember Tennessee just getting chunk plays off play action. Yeah. Every, That's what he wants. Every, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. like, even today, like, Mariota could have hit Zacchaeus on a deep corner, but he just held the ball for too long. Like, I remember the replay just showed Zacchaeus clearly had enough space, and just Mariota just did not release the ball. So, it's just, this point, man, it's just take what you can get with this offense and see what happens in 2023. Yep. Yep. It's like we can't really even assess Mario anymore because we just know what he is. Like we, could, of course, we're going to analyze the game. We're going to give our assessments of it, but you know, like long term outlook, it's just not there because we just know he's not the answer. Like it's, it's you just watch every week. It's just like a, a true team, like a team that can't that wants that has real playoff aspirations. You know, because let's be clear, like if they weren't the NFC South, the Falcons would not be in a playoff hunt. We know this. So I just think right now. They're just trying to develop young talent to see what they got for the long term. But no, this is definitely not a sustainable model. And, you know, unfortunately, there are big plays that are being left on the table. We saw it today. Yeah. And despite the win today, which, like, it was fine. Like, I, I, it was a good team win and all this. Like, I, I don't feel any differently about this team making the playoffs, to be honest. Like, I, I do think that, like, they're, they're, this is a really uphill battle still to make the playoffs. Um, I love that they got the W. Game. Yeah. yeah, like I love W's. Like I'm not gonna ever turn down big dubs. But and I mean, we talked about it. Like on the I talked about it in the game preview. It's like you know we needed a win sprinkled in here and there, or else it gets really dark in terms of coverage. Like it just gets depressing around here. And I'm glad they got the dub. And I, I, they needed to show they could beat teams like the Bears. I mean, like that's exactly important, <laughs> right? And but, just winning uh, one possession games. Like yeah, for a, yeah. a young defense like that, that stop is huge for their confidence. Same way it was against Cleveland. Like okay, the quarterback made a mistake, but it's still like. They got Fields riled. Okay, he was injured, but they forced the hit Montgomery. Uh, not hit him, but like 
uh, what am I trying to say face. here? Yeah, yeah <laughs> like like he clearly overthrew Montgomery, which forced the turnover. Like these yeah. are good stops for a young defense because like they've been their big games. You know, the Bengals game an example where it just got completely torpedoed, and now it's just like yeah, I got these small wins here and there. Like Richie Grant getting game securing yeah. interception against Seattle. Like yeah, you know, yeah. for these young safeties, get those turnovers. It's huge because you know, for years now we've seen the Falcons struggle with interceptions. So it's it's these moments. You never know what could do as a morale booster, and uh, you hope like just going forward with these young players, they just learn how to close out games. Like these are the types yeah. of moments. So yeah, you, like like Tyler Algier, for instance, he will <laughs> hopefully learn after this great run. Got to stay in balance. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, it's in that's in that situation, it really didn't matter. So like, yeah, very valuable. Yeah, I, I, you're absolutely right though. Like in like most situations, at that point, you would not want to run out of bounds. Um. I, I guess I, I find it hard to criticize because it's like, well, at that point, after you've gotten the first down, the only way you're losing this game now is that if you if you fumble. So it's like, I would rather you just get out of bounds and, and not risk the fumble, you know, at that True. point. But yeah, I mean, he need you need to be very careful about that, certainly. Um, you know, we've seen plays, you know, by running backs to like that that have lost the Falcons games before. You, Todd Gurley. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh um, yeah, but, yep, yep. But that, that's a memorable. Fact, one. I look. Yeah. I know that play was rough, but oh my god, you want to, man? We've been talking about some disturbingly all-time <laughs> collapses. That the, the defensive <laughs> performance in that loss against Detroit. Yeah, god, man. But yeah, you know, I mean, it's we're like not the, to back down the fact that like you scored a touchdown too quickly lost you the game that's 100 yeah. percent of the defense i mean it's like yes like please go down early mm-hmm. girly but still like uh, and that, and we've also like just watching football these years how crucial situational football is so that's why you just want to see the f- fundamentals done properly because look it loses teams games so i yeah. just i just that's probably the biggest takeaway from this game is five played relatively good fundamental football outside of two careless fumbles from two players that you know are productive and you could depend upon. So you just hope those are blips rather than anything else. It's, yeah. you know, like Cordell Paris and Avery Williams, these guys have been making plays all yeah. year long. So it's not, it's, it's nothing you don't get too riled about. It's just, you know, unfortunate mishaps. But it wasn't like players say, like, it wasn't like Drew Dolman blowing another block or Darren Hall. You know, I know he had his downs in this game but it's not like darren hall made plays that uh he didn't allow you know long plays yeah. that could have completely changed the game and so it's just you know players have been struggling you know i felt like they stepped up particularly drew dolman who look i'm not gonna I, try not to mention carolina game but i thought drew dolman <laughs> all things considered had a decent game which he needed yeah yeah for it was better conference. today yeah it was so. better today but yeah honestly like i i think the biggest need on offense right now is center which is funny um but you know, people in the chat mentioned Peter Skoronsky. You know, he's he's playing left tackle right now for Northwestern. Uh, but a lot of people don't know Peter Skoronsky was recruited as a center uh, and played center all throughout high school. Was a really good center. Uh, so, you know. I got that name in my mind. Thanks to you. Yep. Yep. And, uh, you know, hey, if they're picking like 1920, something like that, uh, you know, that's the spot where you maybe consider taking the best center in the draft. And maybe it's Skoronsky. Or maybe it's my boy the most offensive line named player of all time, John Michael Schmitz. There we uh, go. That's, that's another just, one. That's a Hall of Fame offensive line name right there. That Look, just... it worked for the Cowboys with Travis Frederick. I will yeah, say that. Yeah, like, yeah. Everyone wants to say, oh, take a center first round, really? Yep. It worked for them. And then look at the Chiefs in the second round getting yep. 
Oh, God. Don't yeah. Don't get me started on that. Yeah. Oh, okay. See, yeah. Man, we're, we're bringing up very Yeah, no. Like, I was the biggest Creed collapses. Humphrey. Yeah. I was the Prospects. biggest Creed Humphrey man. So, yeah. <laughs> so, you were big on Tariq Wood and Creed Humphrey. Yeah. I was much bigger on Creed Humphrey, to be fair. I was okay. much bigger on Creed Humphrey. So, I'll t- I, I won't take too much credit for Tariq Wood. I did definitely think he was going to go, like, second round. Uh, but, you know. Creed Humphrey, I was like trumpeting and taking in all my mock drafts. Tariq Wool and I took like a couple times when he fell out of the first round. So yeah, but yeah, I'm not alone. I know for a fact there are, there were Falcons staff that were big on Creed Humphrey. Uh, so Eric you know, Robinson, yeah, no, like like actual Falcons team staff. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. okay, okay. I'm not gonna name any names. You know, okay, nothing yeah. nothing going on. But you know, there were there were definitely some members of the Falcons staff that uh were big creed humphrey fans so you know i'm not upset with who they did who they did take but uh, you know creed humphrey is great so big 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 man um yeah let me get Any to one questions I, yeah i got a one from jason Gaines here thank you so much jason uh he says i'll take this win but the defense had no business letting field scramble on that third and long on the game tying drive Fields shouldn't have gotten that pass off for a first down, but at least the defense managed to get four sacks today. Also, turnstile Jalen Mayfield can stay on IR. Man, Jalen Mayfield's ever catching the straights. He didn't even, like, play. Like- <laughs> I, 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 look, I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'm responsible for this. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> Jalen Mayfield's just out here. He's, like, finally worked his way back. I'm sure this man's been rehabbing extremely hard. Like, he's been out here trying, and then just, like, fans are just, like, slandering this man's name. He hasn't even played this year. So I think it was that Josh Kendall tweet talking uh, about, oh, Mayfield's coming back. I think that's what triggered the Yeah, the probably. Yeah, uh, everyone's like, oh, he could start on Sunday. Oh. So, you know, that would have been uh, – that would have been something. I don't so. know if you saw those Jonathan Allen clips against Houston today, but, oh, man, Jalen Mayfield's yeah. got blocked that. Yeah. Oh, man. Yep. Keep yep. keep Desert Ritter. Let's 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 have him on the bench another week. <laughs> yep. But we uh, you know, for those of you that are big on the Falcons' chances of making the playoffs, this win was absolutely crucial. Next week, just as crucial. The week after, absolutely just as crucial. Uh, and then you got a game against the Saints, which probably also crucial. But um, I think it's most like I think you could probably afford two losses in the last four games. One of them can't be against the Bucks, though. Like you probably have to win that Bucks game, but you could probably afford to lose two of the Saints, the Cardinals, and the Ravens, and you probably want to chalk. You probably want to chalk up that Ravens one as an L just to be safe. Yeah. Like Don't that's lose a the tough. Cardinals, that's gonna be. But the Cardinals, it's late season Cardinals, so late gosh. season Cardinals are like awful. So that that gives me hope there. And then I feel like they need to get that revenge W against the Saints. So yeah, agreed. Uh, they agreed. Should, they should have won that. Yeah, in week I agree on everything. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, Could you I, imagine if we covered the Cardinals? Oh, man, it would be miserable. <laughs> Even the wins are enjoyable. Like, I watched the Cardinals highlights. Like, it, it's painful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's tough. And it's like that their defense is really funny because it's actually a really good fantasy defense because they just get, like, takeaways and sacks. But they, they give up points. But it's like they get takeaways and sacks. That's all that matters for fantasy defense. Yeah. So, um, you know, Vance I've been Joseph's starting them every week. Vance Joseph's one of those classic coordinators. Vance yep. Joseph, yep. great coordinator, not good coach. Yeah, but you give yeah. him his respect. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean that, that's and that's there's nothing wrong with that. Like I think, like Dan Quinn, same thing. Great coordinator, not a great head coach, and it's like maybe you just like it's okay to just be really good at not the like highest position. Like it's really okay. Like how many how many great defensive coordinators are even out there? Like there's not that many. So maybe people should just be satisfied with being great at like the second most important thing instead of being mediocre at the most important thing. You know, like. Maybe people should just appreciate what they have more. I don't know. 
Very well said, but I will say 2023, Dan Quinn, be on the lookout. Yeah, yeah. He's coming. Well, he's going to be a head coach. Like, don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying. He's coming. Yeah, maybe Arizona. Yeah, maybe Arizona. Yeah, God. Yep. But, uh, I mean, I want nothing but the best for Dan. He's he's a super nice guy. Uh, definitely enjoyed enjoyed personally having him in Atlanta. Um, Same here. On the football uh, field, less enjoyment, especially late, but... Yeah, look, it, 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 things went awry, but nevertheless, they did. They did. Uh, Dan Quinn will always be the man in my heart, and yeah, even though I know Dallas is not a particularly fun team to root for, I'm mean, personnel wise, it's just you know reputation wise, you know, who's gonna like the Cowboys? But you know, it's, it's cool to see him do his thing. And, yeah, yeah. Who yeah. knows if they win division? Hey. Like I said, the Falcons win division. We will probably get a reunion. Yeah, that's true. Um, so man, I. I I, I just like I, I'm just not gonna believe it until we we see it you know like they, well, if they win all three of these games like they they won this first one so that step one complete step two beat the commanders step three beat the Steelers and if they beat the commanders I think you probably feel pretty good about the Steelers game because that absolutely. that team is going nowhere fast but um you know if they if they do win out and they have that win and they finally get the winning record that they've been chasing for like five years now. Then I will say, okay, I believe they can make the playoffs. But if they until they get there, I'm just not gonna believe it. I'm sorry, like I'm not in on the playoffs until they prove it at this point. So, and, and you know what else you could do? You could finally hit the publish button. There you go. That, I've been waiting. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> on that like fi- Falcons finally get to 500 article that's been sitting in drafts for like six years now. So um, I'm gonna have to dust it off. Probably have to you know update all the players that I, that are involved in it um, from you know the last time, but. Uh, <laughs> Race West Schweitzer. Yes, you know, <laughs> West Schweitzer, come home. By the way, <laughs> who who knew that the best offensive lineman that we would let leave the building was actually West Schweitzer? So that's oh, crazy. That, that, I can't believe that was a sentence, but you're yep. right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's sad. Uh, it's sad. But all right, guys, uh, we appreciate everyone tuning in tonight. Everyone hanging out for the post game show. Uh, thank you all for enduring this team with us and enjoy. We you know we're definitely here to enjoy the dubs uh when they come no no yes. matter where they come uh no no dub is too is too small for this team um maybe if you're an eagles fan or something and you're like oh we barely beat the colts we can't even enjoy this win like that's fine but the falcons you know, you got to savor every dub uh and, and we're going to continue to do that here on this show um yeah alan sterk my co-host tonight he's at alan sterk on twitter alan anything you'd like to plug before we take off uh, no, I'll just be busy writing this week. Definitely have a few article things in mind, and probably we'll bring back a roundtable either this week or next week. So just things are busy on the writing front. I know uh, Thanksgiving's coming. Wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving, but we got to stay active. It is football season. Yep, yep. We'll, we'll definitely have plenty of content next week. We'll probably be quiet on Thursday, of course. But, yeah, uh, yeah we'll have stuff coming. Don't worry about that. And. Yeah, guys, uh, definitely check that stuff out. You can follow me on Twitter for as long as this hell site continues to function uh, at Alcohol Kevin. Please keep uh, this line up. I love this line. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to just keep this up. Bye. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I will have stuff coming all, all this week. Um, and uh, we'll have a uh, another pod this week uh, early, and then we'll have the game preview that'll probably that'll be coming out later in the week. And uh, we'll be moving on to – the Commanders game, uh, which, again, we're in a must-win situation. So, uh, yeah, we'll just hope that that keeps rolling this week. But, uh, yeah, guys, everyone appreciate you. Uh, like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Those numbers both really help us out. Uh, and 
Check out the Patreon if you haven't uh, checked that out yet. It's patreon.com slash live. Subscribe for that sweet, sweet exclusive content and uh, ad-free early access versions of the podcast episodes. Uh, so if you're into the podcast, if you're an audio listener, uh, big, big benefits for you there. Uh, but yeah, guys, until next time here on the Falcoholic Live, enjoy the rest of your football Sunday. We will see you early in the week on the next episode. Until then, guys, have a great night. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.